Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students. Hey, is everybody enjoying their good fall weather? Is everybody liking that? Garbage. Garbage. Name two good things that happen in fall. Leaves change color. That's evidence of everything dying. One fail. Second. If you say football is a good thing in fall, that's like saying shopping is good in Christmas. Two are unrelated. What else is good about fall? Okay, so here, you've proved my point. You've, you've proved my point. you proved my point. Nothing. There's nothing good about <laughs> I just love hot weather. I love, I love the sun on me. The sun's shining on me. The sun is shining. I love it. Last week, we talked about strongholds. We talked about that barb and the hook, the, the quicksand that keeps holding you down, the things that are holding you back, these bad habits, these bad hangups. And I was thinking about my stronghold, and like for me, it's definitely fall. No, I'm just kidding. But bang, makes me sad. Next, my, my, my stronghold, I would say, is control issues. Like my, I have this issue of wanting to be in control of everything. And, it, and I like micromanage things, and I want everything to be perfect. And ultimately, I'm trying to like weed out any vulnerability I have. You know, like I'm trying to avoid as much pain as possible. And so I try to be in control of everything, and the only person that's really in control of everything is God. So I try to be God. And then I fail and make a miserable God, and then I can't even trust myself. And so the cycle like, just keeps going. It just keeps going. And I just keep having this issue. But, but tonight we're talking about being set free from all of that. And maybe you actually had your first moment of looking at a stronghold and being honest about it. Like maybe you've been watching porn. Maybe you've been stuck in that. And, and here's the deal. You know, you know in your mind that that is devaluing and degrading God's children. You know that. Maybe, maybe what you've been doing is you've been vaping, and you know you shouldn't be. You are abs- Nobody needs to talk you into that's the wrong decision, but you don't know how to get out of it. You don't know why you, you can't get out of it, right? Maybe, maybe your stronghold is that you're the queen bee mean girl, and you're destroying other girls in snaps and posts and on, on like airdropping junk to people. And, and really, honestly, it's out of your insecurity for wanting power and control. Like you're the, you're the queen mean girl, but really in, inside, all you want is power and control and you're insecure about it. Maybe your stronghold is the way you've been treating your parents. Maybe you treat your parents like garbage and for some weird reason, you get some bit of happiness from seeing them miserable. But like, I don't have to stand up here tonight and tell you that that's not a, probably a good thing. That's probably not the right thing to do. Or maybe your stronghold is like perfectionism, like a perfectionist, and you just keep beating yourself up and tearing yourself down because you're like, I'm not perfect, I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough, I'm trash, I'm garbage. And you say that enough until you start believing it. And so my prayer for you here tonight is that you are set free from those things. I pray and hope that some of you last week were honest about it and are starting to be set free from those things. I pray that you're in the process of being set free from those things. I know it's a process. I know it's a process. We have to lay back and like let these forces that are beyond us like raise us up out of the quicksand, right? So maybe it's beyond you, but, but maybe you're stepping into that. So you got free. Maybe you broke free. Maybe you're in the process of getting free tonight. But here's my big question for you. Freedom for what? Freedom for what? Like, what's the next thing? See what I'm saying? So, like, 
Freedom, just for freedom's sake, is useless. Freedom's just for freedom's sake. Now, check this out. Let's say you volunteer to go to Mars, and you're like, okay, I'm going to do it. And, and, and the team that's leading that trip tells you, here are the conditions of Like, you can do anything you want on Mars. It doesn't matter. You can build a castle. You can write philosophical memoirs of life in outer space. You can do all these things. You can go anywhere you want, do anything you want. Ultimate freedom, but here's the thing. We don't care about you at all, and we're not going to communicate with you, and actually, if you build anything, we're just going to tear it down when we come back. And nobody's depending on you, and nobody's looking to you for anything. You, have, you really have no purpose there, but you have complete freedom, right? That's what you wanted. You have freedom. No, That freedom doesn't sound so beautiful. That sounds more like a prison. It sounds like a waste of life. It sounds like a waste of energy. It sounds like a waste of joy. Boys over here, I'm going to ask you to quit distracting everybody. I'm just going to stop real quick and just say, hey, can you guys just like tune in to what's happening? Can you do that for me? Nod your head yes. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. I appreciate that. Appreciate you. Appreciate you. So freedom, for freedom's sake, is nothing at all. There's no purpose in all of it, right? So you've been set free from these strongholds these things that you've been holding you down, praise God, and now what? I was studying this week, and it became so clear to me, like God just showed me this truth, that freedom without a purpose is still a prison. Think about that for a second. Freedom without a purpose is still a prison. Think about that thought experiment on Mars. That freedom is really just a prison. So you're being set free from your strongholds. You're being set free from that quicksand that keeps pulling you under. But what now? What now? What's the point of all of this? See, because I believe freedom plus purpose equals your best life. That's where you're going to find your best life. And tonight, I'm hoping to show you that. I'm hoping to show where you can find that. That's my goal. So the first stop in all of this, I think, is that we get caught up in the now what, right? So like we've, we've accepted Jesus, maybe we've thinking about Jesus, maybe we've said, Jesus, help me. And we're in this process, but now what? We're saying, okay, what, what's next? And we, start of, we kind of start this wandering and this wondering, right? And we wander around and like wonder what God is like. And we're like, I wonder what he thinks is good and what he thinks is bad. And you like try to imagine God. Has anybody ever tried to imagine God? This is something I keep slipping into in my life, but I'm like, this, this makes no sense. You imagine like this orb floating in like this white cloud castle. And you're like, that's, that's, my, that's the ultimate thing that my human brain can like project on what God is. And we start wondering. We start wondering like, okay, so um, what, what should I do today? Should I buy this shirt or should I buy that shirt, God? You know, or, or we're like, should I be on the softball team or should I be in show choir? This is, what, this is what God exists for is to tell me these things. And we treat God in these moments of this wondering and wandering and not knowing who he is. We treat him like this magic eight ball. And it's exhausting. Is that not exhausting? to just keep wondering and wandering and wondering and wandering. It's like once we decide, okay, we're going to give this Jesus thing a try. We're going to just see what this Jesus guy is all about. And we step into that moment. It's like in that moment, we're set free from our strongholds and all that stuff. But, but we kind of get decision fatigue. It's like we're just tired of making decisions. We're like, I don't know. I, I mean, I guess I don't care. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Like, why didn't that go the way I wanted it to? I don't know. 
What, why am I changing? I don't know. Why am I still doing the bad things I do? I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's decision fatigue. It's like, it's from us wondering and wandering so far that we're just like, I just don't even know anymore. I don't, I don't, I don't really care. It's, it's like this. It's like ordering at McDonald's nowadays. It's like this. Because I walk into McDonald's, and it used to be, you would look for the cheapest thing on the menu and say, I want all of that, right? Right? You would go, um, that, that 99 cent, yeah, whatever that is, just give it to me. But now you walk in, and it's like, Okay, where's the cheap stuff? Where's the cheap stuff? Where's the cheap? Okay, a uh, chicken. Yeah, okay. Okay, salad. Yep, that's fine. Coffee. Okay. Okay. Oh, there it is. There it is. Okay, it's moving across the TV. Okay, it's gone forever. All that. And then, and then, like the person is standing there going, "Sir, can I help you, please?" And there's a mom behind you going, "I'm trying to feed eight kids. Would you get moving?" And you're just like, "I don't care anymore. I don't want anything here." Turn to the person next to you and tell them the last thing you ordered at McDonald's. Like, think back. What was it? What was it? A lot of audacious orders, I'm guessing. A lot of crazy orders. See, see, so when we start to follow Jesus, we kind of treat it like that. We kind of treat it like this moment where we're like, I can't make a decision. I can't make a decision. It doesn't make sense anymore, so I'm not going to choose anything. And then we fall away from all of this. And like when we step into this and we start getting set free from all of that stuff, we, we're, we get decision fatigue. We're like, oh, there's a new Bible study. Oh, there's a new video to watch. Oh, there's a new reading plan. Like, oh, okay, so I have to be drinking a latte and have like this succulent table decor with my Bible in it. So like that way the word comes alive to me and like I need to take a picture of it. Like, is that what I need to do? I don't know. So we get to these moments where we just have no idea what's next. And like it's so human of us, our tiny human brains trying to rationalize an eternal, all-powerful God like how he would live, how he would walk, how he would talk, how he would treat people, the purposes he would have in life, if that makes sense. It's as if God knew that we needed an example, that we needed someone to look for, to look to, enter Jesus. This is why we talk about Jesus so much. Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So those people, my people who like, get, like, lay in bed at night and like, wonder what God looks like, you don't have to do that. Like, God already knew you would do that and said, tell you what, I'm going to be fully God, fully man. I'm going to walk on the planet that you're on, and then you can look and see what I said, what I did, and then you can line up with that. So you don't have to wonder anymore. You don't have to wander anymore. You don't have to just go, does he want this or want this? I don't, I don't know. I don't know. He gives us an example. That gives us purpose, and that's what I want to talk about. But first stop in this conversation is doubling down on how Jesus sets us free from our strongholds. Because, like, I got to say, like, we say that, and then maybe it just doesn't make sense. Like, okay, so he's, he can do that. Why can he do that? So here's the deal. Your strongholds and your sins in life, they have a price tag. And that price tag is way too high for you to ever afford. Jesus could afford it. He was perfect in every way. And he said, you know what? I love them so much that I'm going to step up to the plate and I'm going to pay that price. And it cost him his life. Or put it, put it another way, because, because of our lack of perfection, listen, there's nobody in here cocky enough to say, I deserve eternal life because my life has been lived with such sterling silver that God owes me heaven. No, we're not stupid. We know we're busted. We know we have a price tag on us that we can't pay back. We know we need help. We know we need help, but it just so happens that Jesus could do all of that for us. 
He came to this planet. He walked. He talked. He ate. He sweat. He worked. Being fully God, fully man, with the power of the Holy Spirit, went to the cross, died, took the sins of the world on him, rose from the dead so that he could stamp Savior on that receipt and go, here, here, I'm offering this freely to you. I'm offering this freely. That's how Jesus pays for our strongholds, is that he was the price that needed to be paid. That was the perfection that we needed. It's as if, like, here, here's, here's another example. It's as if you got a report card at the beginning of your life, and it just kind of had an F built in on it. You're like, I'm failing. I'm already failing. And Jesus has the perfect grade. And by dying on the cross and raising again, he offers you freely. He goes, hey, I'll trade you. I'll trade you. And if you accept that trade, if you go, okay, I'm in. You can set me free from this failing grade. Yeah, I'm totally in. And you take that, then God looks at you as if you are holding Jesus's report card with the perfect A+. You see that. That's the gospel. And so once we step into that, what I'm asking tonight is, what's next? What comes after that? He's the savior we need, but he's also the example that we need, the purpose that we need in our lives. This is 1 John chapter 2. My dear children, I'm writing this to you so that you will not sin. But even if anyone does sin, which will probably happen, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is a sacrifice that atones for our sins. He paid the price. He filled the void. He, he connected the chasm. He filled that. And by the way, while he was at it, not just our sins, the whole world. Just got the whole world. Got it taken care of. So Jesus is the Savior, and if we look to him to set us free, we'll be set free. It's as simple as that. So what if we're in that freedom now, or we're in the process of being free now? What's next? This is what I really want to show you tonight, how to live when you're set free, how to come alive in the person that God made you to be. This is 1 John chapter 3, and we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commands. If someone claims, I know God, but doesn't obey God's commands, doesn't do anything he says, that person's a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. That is how we know we are living in him. Here it is. Listen to this. Those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Boom. After this freedom stage, after this being set free stage, there it is. There's your purpose. There's your goal. There's your mark. There's your goal to, to move your life to be more like Jesus, to live as Jesus did. And if you're not, Scripture's saying, maybe you're a liar. Think about that for a second. Living life as Jesus did. We establish that freedom, just for the sake of the freedom, is pointless. It means nothing. But freedom with a purpose will give you everything you need in life. Turn to the person next to you, and I want you to do this. Think of Jesus' life, because he did so much for so many people. I want you to turn to the person next to you and name one or two things that Jesus did for people. Go. Ten seconds. 
So Jesus gave us the freedom to be set free, but he also gives us the purpose for us to follow. I want you to see this. It's all right here. This is a paraphrase of Ephesians chapter 2. And it starts, it says, It wasn't so long ago that you were mired in your old stagnant life of sin. You let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. You filled your lungs with polluted unbelief and you exhaled disobedience. We all did it. All of us doing what we felt like doing. And when we felt like doing it, all of us in the same boat. It's a wonder God didn't lose his temper and do away with the whole lot of us, but instead immense in mercy and with an incredible love, he embraced us. He took our sin-dead lives and made us alive in Christ. He did all this on his own with no help from us. Then he picked us up and set us down in the highest heaven in company with Jesus, our Messiah, our Savior. So there's the Savior portion. That's Jesus setting you free. Here's the purpose portion. Now God has us where he wants us with all the time in this world and the next to shower grace and kindness upon us in Christ Jesus. Saving is all his idea. It's all his work. All we do is trust him enough to let him do it. It's God's gift from start to finish. We don't play the major role. And if we did, we'd probably go around bragging that we'd done the whole thing. No, we neither make nor save ourselves. God does both the making and the saving. He creates each of us by Christ Jesus to join him in the work that he does to live like Jesus, the purpose of our lives, the good work that he has gotten ready for us to do, work he had, we'd better get doing. We'd better start living like it, otherwise we're liars. And here, while we're talking, while we're looking at the word of God and reading word of God, I've got to tell you something here. You can't follow Jesus if you don't know who he is. All that wondering and wandering and making up your own versions of God, you can't follow Jesus if you don't. You have to read scripture. You have to look at who God is and the promises he makes to you. If I asked you right now, what is one promise that Jesus makes to you? Could you answer that question? Think about that for a second. Hang on to that for a second. Because listen, you will be the most wishy-washy, uncertain, insecure person in faith if you do not look at what Jesus is saying and who he is and what he says. And don't just take someone's word for it. Don't just take my word for it. Go read it for yourself. Go look at that. You will be the most uncertain, wishy-washy Christian if you don't actually look at God's word, if you don't actually read scripture and let it speak to you. Listen, like, some of you have been coming to Element your entire middle school career, your entire high school career, but truth, it's one day a week. You, you need the promises of Jesus Christ every day because I cannot imagine the hurt and the pain and the distractions in your world. You need God's promises every day. So here is where I want to land the plane and conclude tonight. I've got three questions to ask you. And if you have been at all a distraction of the people around you, stop for at least the next five minutes. Just don't do it. Because I want you to tune into this, and I want you to yourselves to honestly answer these questions. Here's the first one. Do you believe, do you have faith that Jesus is who he says he is? Do you? Hebrews 11 says it's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. If God exists, Jesus is key evidence of that. Not only did Jesus have all the power of God, 
He walked on water, changed weather, raised the dead. He was death-proof. He rose from the dead. This first step of faith is believing that God exists. Now, listen, that doesn't mean you won't have doubts. That doesn't mean you won't have questions. That doesn't mean you have, don't have hard conversations. But what I'm saying is that the bedrock of it all, I have faith that God exists. I have faith that Jesus is who he says he is. Even if I'm still asking questions and I have doubts, that faith is there. But listen, even if you don't have faith in that, even if you're here tonight and I'm, you're saying, I have no faith, I'm completely skeptical of all this, eventually you're going to have to decide what you're going to do with Jesus Christ. Eventually. At some point. Because here's the deal. Whether you believe in him or not, he was a real person. No, no scholar, Christian, or atheist is arguing whether Jesus existed or not or whether he walked on this planet, or even that he did miracles or rose from the dead or like was crucified. Nobody's really arguing about that. They're arguing whether he's God or not. So at some point, you're going to have to decide what you're going to do with Jesus Christ. Not your parents. Your parents can't decide this for you. Not your coach. Not Josh, Jacob, or Jingleheimer, Schmidt, or I. You're going to have to decide. You're going to have to decide that. Do you have faith that Jesus Christ is your Savior? Here's the second question. Do you have faith that following him will give your life purpose? Answer that in your minds, in your hearts. Do you believe that? Because if we follow Jesus, we will see how the God of the universe treats people, how he walks, how he talks, how he acts. We'll see all of that. And if you're going to try to do that, don't fake it. Be honest with yourself. Here's the last question I have for you. Do you care? Do you even care at all? I think it started with my generation and it's just fizzled into yours, this chronic state of IDC, just I don't care. I'm, I'm failing so many of my classes, but I don't care, I don't care. I'm a terrible student in class and I distract everyone and I'm super hard on my teacher, I don't care. Whatever, I don't care. I don't care. I'm, I'm making my parents miserable with the decisions I'm making. I don't care. Let's play Fortnite. I don't care. I'll just look at my phone. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Listen to me. Think about what path that's leading you down. Think about what road you're on. I don't care. Do you even care? Jesus is the sacrifice that atones all our sins. Do you even care? If you're saying you're in God, you've got to act and walk like Jesus. Do you even care? Do you even care? Because if you don't care, that's a whole different conversation. But if you do, you better wake up. Better wake up. And in this next song, I don't want you to just sing to make noise. Pointless. In this next song, if you care at all, open hearts, open hands, trusting God where he is leading you, let him know it. Or talk to him and see what he has to say to you. Pray with me. Jesus, it's challenging have these thoughts of what to do next. It's hard. But God, you knew it would be hard and you set an example. 
and you showed us how to walk, how to talk, how to treat people, how to love people. You showed us what's next. It's your kingdom come. And if we say that we are walking with you, but our lives don't reflect Jesus one bit, are we liars? And for some of those in this room tonight that are just starting to be set free, I, show, I, I pray that you would just double down on the love that you're giving them. And some of those that are still stuck in the process, I pray that you would give them encouragement in these next few moments to say, child, I love you. Would you just trust me? Would you just quit fighting and lay down and let powers beyond you get you out of that muck? And those people who are wondering what's next, I pray that you give them clarity in who Jesus is. Without saying a word, keep your eyes closed and stand up and sing this song. Thinking about this question, like, do I even care? I think back to this time where I decided I cared. But man, I fought it for so long. I fought it for so long. Like I grew up going to church here and there. And I, I was an average kid. Like I was this most average. I wasn't good at anything. I wasn't bad at anything. But all I wanted in life was just people to pay attention to me. For like someone to notice me. I just wanted people to like me. That's like all I wanted. That's all I wanted. And through all of that, like I... I I didn't, I didn't not believe in God. I, I wasn't an atheist, but at the same time, I knew at some point God was going to deal with me and I was going to have to deal with him. You know what I mean? And my way of avoiding God was avoiding church altogether. Like, that was my plan. That was my plan. And then, like, this moment happened where I understood that Jesus was just as unfond of empty religion, of people saying they follow God but never acting like it. He was just as unfond of that as I was. And I understood that he knew my name. And I didn't know what that meant, but it intrigued me at most. And so I kept faking it. I kept pretending. I kept pushing it off and fighting it. And I had this moment I got talked into, I literally fought as hard as I could to not go on this mission trip. Literally used every excuse and I ended up on the bus. And, I, and here I am in Las Vegas. And you guys, you have no idea the hideous things that happen to women and children in that city. And I'm looking at that and I'm going, if evil is this real, the opposite has to be true. Like, I wouldn't be able to tell that I'm standing in darkness if there wasn't a glimmer of light. You know what I mean? You wouldn't know the difference. You wouldn't know the difference. And in that moment, it was like I'd been running from Jesus this whole time, and like I was stuck in these strongholds, and I was stuck in the mud and the sand, and I was trying to fight it, and I'm trying to fight it, and I'm sinking. And finally, I decided to turn around, and Jesus is right there. He said, oh, my son, I've been following you this whole time. I'm here for you picked me up and he saved me and ever since then I've been lunging towards him and he's helped me so much and I've gotten help from so many people I'm not perfect but man I, every time I step towards God another chain broke and every time I step towards God another wound healed and I started to walk different I started to talk different and it's like this beautiful thing was happening where it was like, I, I didn't know everything, but man, I could tell. I like I could hear his voice. 
I could see his thumbprint on things. Like I could see when the creator of the universe was at work and it's the most beautiful thing you've ever seen. And I fell in love with it. And I put every other plan in my life aside and I said, I'm going to go help people like me. I'm going to go help people who are stuck in the mud like I was. And I'm going to spend my life doing it. And God has showed me so much. And he's done miracles in front of my eyes. And I'm going to keep doing it until I die. And I'm with him forever. That's my story. What is your story? And at what point are you going to decide... Do I care? And maybe you're being set free from these strongholds. Maybe you're in the process. Maybe last week you said, okay, Jesus, if you say you can fix this mess, bring it on. What you might have missed in that moment is that you invited God into your life. And you might have, just like me, all of a sudden turned around and seen Jesus was standing right there the whole time. Said, oh, my son, oh, my daughter, I've followed you all the way down. Oh, the reckless love of God. Maybe that was you. And guess what your purpose is now? Is to look at his life and say, how should I live mine? And listen, if you're honest in that moment, you're saying, I'm going to follow Jesus. The first thing, and he led the way. When he started his ministry, the first thing he did was be baptized. And there's nothing magical about that water. There's nothing magical about this wedding ring. But here's what happened. When I put this wedding ring on, it changed who I was. It changed my identity. It changed my relationship status. Jesus knew exactly what he was doing when he prescribed baptism because you are put to death and you, version 2.0, are brought back to life. I'm just saying, think about it. If that's your next step, we're going to baptize people next Wednesday. We're going to do it. And it's going to be a party. And some of you in this room are getting baptized on Sunday. Praise God. He's saving people in here. Praise God. I'm just saying, think about it. Are you going to follow Jesus? Do you care? Do you care? Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcitychristian.org backslash students.